if adventure has a name, it must be Indiana, Indiana Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Indiana Jones Universe, the podcast that explores the expanded universe of Indiana Jones as we discuss the Young Indie television series, the Further Adventures comic books, the Staff of Kings and Emperors Tomb video games, and so much more. As always, I'm Will. And I'm Max. And thanks for joining us for episode 63, in which today we are here to celebrate, discuss, and honor the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, the movie that started it all, which aired 40 years ago today on June 12th, 1981. Over the last couple of weeks, Max and I have been thinking about ways we could uh, celebrate this uh, film in the podcast, and uh, we thought about doing a review. We're talking about behind-the-scenes stuff, but everyone already knows that stuff. And so we thought, you know what? One of the things that made this movie so iconic for us is, of course, the music, and specifically the great theme of the Raiders' March. So what we have decided to do today is a mini soundtrack review in which we analyze specifically the Raiders' March. So we went back and we watched the film, and we're going to talk about the evolution and the rendition of the Raiders' March as you go throughout the movie. Because unlike Star Wars, you never hear the theme in its entirety at the beginning, and you kind of hear it associated with this character in many ways through all of these fantastic action sequences. So without further ado, let's jump into this one, shall we? Yes, we shall. So Raiders of the Lost Ark, it has now been 40 years to the day, and, you know, that's kind of insane to think about. Think about it. I mean, it's hard to believe that a movie so iconic as Indiana Jones is still popular today, 40 years later, and they're making another one. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny that we think about, like, the 40th anniversary. They just started shooting Indy 5, like, literally a couple of days ago. Uh, there were a few photos that have been scattered around online uh, that you can see Harrison Ford in a fedora. And uh, it's just classic, you know, to bring back that memory of, like, you know, like you said, this movie, it's so crazy that it's still relevant today. And the fact that, you know, it was 40 years ago. I mean, that's a long time ago at this point. I mean, so I think it's just, it's such a monumental movie. And, you know, the vision that Spielberg and Lucas had, I think is still one of those things today that I think has made this movie so different from any other adventure movies because they were so specific in what they wanted for this movie. And I think that goes with the music. You know, the story goes is, you know, I think we talked about in Oh gosh, that was one of our first ever podcast episodes, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, when Lucas and Spielberg uh, were sitting on the beach. Uh, and the first thing they decided about the movie was to hire John Williams to write the music. And so, you know, just that sort of collaboration that has gone on over the years, I feel like is so monumental. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into the music. We're going to do kind of like a little bit of kind of a background on the Raiders March itself, kind of an analysis, and then some fun facts about it too. So uh, we've obviously uh, got the score to Raiders of the Lost Ark, composed by John Williams performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, this was recorded in February of 1981, so pretty uh, close to the actual uh, release date in theaters of June. And of course, it was nominated for a Best Score at the Oscars in 1981, a classic, uh, but unfortunately it didn't win, which uh, still a little bit salty about that, if I may say so myself. <laughs> Let's dive into some fun facts about Raiders. So, Unlike Star Wars, the Raiders' March, which is the main theme for Indiana Jones, for those who don't know, never actually appears at the start of the film um, in, in its full entirety uh, to introduce us to the main theme. In the case of Raiders, it usually appears only when Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford appears, and in this case, it 
the full version does not appear until the end credits. The theme is never really utilized in full. I mean, there are some uh, pretty big sections of it, and as you'll see as we go through today, but the full main theme is not heard until the very last uh, track in the movie uh, when the credits are playing. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think makes the Raiders theme so specific, because unlike Star Wars or Superman, both also written by John Williams, the theme, you know what it is at the beginning. But for people who were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981, not until probably I would say, at least my guess would be, the desert chase sequence did you really start to figure out what the main theme was, because it's always associated with the character rather than a universe. And on top of the fact, I think we've talked about this before, but John Williams had actually written two Raiders themes. Uh, they were both separate, and Spielberg liked them so much that it actually formed the Raiders March that we know today. Uh, so this sort of A and B theme, they were actually separate themes, and they got combined into this great Raiders March. So yeah, and kind of going off what you were saying, Max, as well, um, the Raiders March that you hear on the traditional soundtrack album, it's actually what's called a concert suite, and it's actually uh, recorded separately uh, and not actually for the cue list in the movie, um, because it never actually appears. So uh, that's why there's always been a couple of different versions of the Raiders March, um, because it's used in full only in the end credits and then the sort of you know five minute uh combination with marion's theme that you know is so famous that we all know today that's a concert arrangement so it's made after and that's usually what you always hear as well uh, if you ever see you know raiders performed live or anything or the score or anything like that you'll hear those concert suites uh, the adventures of mutt is another example of that uh, that doesn't actually appear in full in the movie so again when thinking about like the actual score for this it's kind of cool to kind of go back and look at all of these tracks and kind of dissect where uh, the raiders march actually is yes definitely now i wonder some i wonder something i wonder if um you know, John Williams created the concert suite first, or what is known as the concert suite, and then, you know, George Lucas asked him to create a separate one, or if it was the opposite way around. Actually, that's a good question, because I know, obviously, the theme came first, um, just so that he had something to work with for the score. But yeah, I'm not actually sure how those concert suites work, because in the way of, like, you know, whether they decide it goes in the soundtrack release or that sort of thing. Um, but it's kind of crazy to think about, though, that, like, you know, the Raiders March, we don't hear that in the movie in its full uh, because the Star Wars theme you do, the main title as it is on the soundtrack album is on the soundtrack. Um, so that's what I think is kind of cool about it. And, you know, speaking of soundtracks, there were actually three different soundtracks that have been released over the years. Um, and the most famous one is actually in 1995 by DCC Compact Classics, uh, which included a longer version of Desert Chase, uh, which I think had like 45 seconds of more music. And there was also an 11-minute rendition of The Well of the Souls that appeared on a limited LP release. Only 3,000 copies were ever made. And it has since been broken into Uncovering the Ark, which is a bonus disc on disc 5 of the Concord release from 2008, and a short motif now known as Marion Into the Pit, which has only ever been on that LP uh, sort of edition. And probably the one that we are most familiar with is the re-release of the soundtrack for uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in 2008. And Raiders actually has the most music available out of all of the movies, actually. So uh, you really are looking at kind of almost the full picture, of course, a little, you know, couple things here and there, but for the most part, we'll be looking at um, most of the uh, the tracks and also in chronological order uh, and not in suites like we've been talking about in Young Indie. So that's kind of cool as well. Yes, that is that is awesome. You know, it kind of would not make sense if you didn't do them in chronological order just because of the way the motifs appear in the movie. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's one of the things too that's kind of cool about going back and listening to for the Raiders motif is it does work chronologically and it wouldn't work in say a concert suite or something like that. Um, but yeah, actually, let's before we even talk about the Raiders March, let's do a little bit of an analysis of it. And for those of you who maybe are musicians or are interested in music theory, um, you know, why is the Raiders March so specific and why is it so iconic? Uh, what was John Williams process in writing it? So let's kind of go through this one by one. So the first thing to note is that it's written in a B form, uh, a the first section of the theme and B the second section. Um, and then it, that repeats, you know, a few times uh, in the actual soundtrack album. Uh, and of course, this was entirely written in C major. So pretty generic um, sort of key, nothing super fancy. And frankly, the theme itself, actually the melody, I should say, is pretty simple. Uh, it's just the orchestration that gets a little bit tricky here. But uh, yeah, written in C major, two-part form AB. It also begins with a militaristic dotted rhythm with four trumpets leading the main theme. And each phrase moves in an upward motion to symbolize the climbing action and kind of the tension and, you know, heroic traits building because it goes da 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 It keeps going up and up, kind of, you know, building suspense into this big, you know, fanfare kind of action theme. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the big reasons why, like, the Raiders March is so popular because it keeps that suspense and it really builds up into that climax, especially on the top of the first A section. Um, that's what you get there as well. Um, there's also a lot of syncopation that you might notice as well, which is incorporated into the melody to kind of add accents, a little bit of a nice flair in there. And uh, the bass line also has one in five chords played by the trombones, cellos, and basses. So for the Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, kind of version of the theme, that's what that opening is. Uh, and those are one in five chords. So uh, what that basically means is that's in the tonic key. So uh, the tonic, which is the first note in the key, and we're in the key of C major, uh, that basically means that those one in five chords would incorporate the uh, actual note C. So that means it actually kind of gives it a little bit of that structure and finality. So unlike, you know, something from uh, Kurt Sobel's Masks of Evil, which sounds, you know, really dissonant and there's lots of, you know, crazy cool stuff going around, this actually, you know, it feels triumphal. It feels like a march. It has that finality to it. Yes, definitely. I completely agree. And also at the climax of this, of the Raiders March, it moves to a Neapolitan chord, which is kind of like when a bunch of instruments come together to make a big chord, kind of like modulation in a way. Yeah, Neapolitan chord, kind of cool. There, I actually didn't realize that uh, until pretty recently, until someone else pointed that out to me, um, that there actually is a Neapolitan chord. I believe it's a flat two there uh, in the actual key. And basically what this means is a Neapolitan sixth chord is uh, kind of this fancy term for basically modulating into a different key. So that's why slightly at the end of the climax, the first A phrase, you might hear something transition a little bit. It actually is incorporated so well that you actually probably don't hear it that subtly, or it's actually more subtle than it is, you know, like right there in your face. Um, unless, of course, you know, you're a music master, which that's not me. So, you know, if there are, you know, uh, just a casual listener like us, you know, it's kind of hard to actually tell. And that's what I think actually goes with like the masterful genius of John Williams, including that in there, because you really don't notice it as well. So, uh, yeah, another kind of fun fact about this, just going with the analysis here, um, the uh, actual theme itself moves to a perfect fourth. So it starts on an E, uh, then we have a F natural, then a G to a C. That G to a C is a perfect fourth. 
However, what's interesting is we just mentioned that this is written in C major, so wouldn't it start on the C? Well, it actually doesn't, and that's what's kind of cool about the Raiders March in itself, is it almost kind of has this, like, small mini beginning, so the dun-dun-dun-dun, that is actually kind of like a subtle sort of beginning to actually reach to the tonic. So that's why also when the trumpet reaches to that high C, it almost kind of feels triumphant because that is actually the top note. And we haven't heard that up until that point. Yes, that's awesome. And I didn't know that before this. Also, a diminished fifth is thrown in, which is kind of the opposite of a perfect fifth. Thus, it's less heroic than what we usually think uh, because so it's kind of whenever you hear the motifs that are that don't sound as heroic that's probably what you're hearing yeah so a perfect fourth and a perfect fifth uh, basically indicate you know what it's called it's perfect meaning that it's pleasing to the ear so perfect fourths and perfect fifths are often used for you know classic themes Star Wars has a perfect fourth uh, but there is a diminished fifth in there that is thrown in the a section and again it kind of almost leads that suspense kind of leading into something so kind of like that that's in there and then uh, continuing on with the analysis probably the one that's you know uh, most well known is that uh, each a and B theme repeats with expanded instrumentation in each section Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, as we've mentioned before and earlier in the episode, we mentioned that there was two sections. The first uh, one that was brought up to George Lucas was dun 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 and then the second one was da 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 and he, you know, told them, he told John Williams to put them together, and so what he did is he put those together and expanded on the instrumentation, uh, and so the song got a little bit longer each section. Yeah, that's actually interesting to note, too, is like thinking about like the fact that they are technically two separate themes, but we associate them as one. And we'll kind of talk about that once we get into the, the analysis of each you know track here. But that's one of the things I think that's so unique about the Raiders theme is to even consider the fact that they were two separate themes. But to us, it just feels like one. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, the second time it goes from the A theme, uh, you may notice that uh, it sounds a little bit different. And that's because there's actually, it modulates to uh, D flat major the second time. Uh, so we were in C major, that goes up just a tad. Uh, and that's kind of where you get that, you know, slightly different sound there. But it's so close to the key that, you know, unless you have perfect pitch, you know, you really can't notice it that much. But that's kind of a cool little, you know, fun fact about that one as well. And uh, looking at the score as a whole, you know, because we actually have sheet music for this now, the Raiders March more specifically, because, you know, it's been written for piano and, you know, cello and, you know, trumpet and whatever, you know, you can just buy a copy of it. And that's really cool to look at it in kind of that holistic way and really break down what actually is written in this, because John Williams writes it for piano. And I think the coolest thing is how simple the actual melody is. It's really when the harmonization and the orchestration that comes in that makes this a complex masterpiece, because I feel like it almost seems inevitable, when, especially when you hear that classic theme, you're like, that is immediately Indiana Jones.
So now we're going to move into our first track for today's episode, Flight from Peru. But before we do that, I wanted to mention that Into the Jungle, the first track that plays in Raiders March, before we even see Indy's face, we just see a silhouette, doesn't actually have an Indy motif at all. Even when he turns uh, to whip the uh, gun out of Barranca's hand. Yeah, actually, that's a cool fun fact, actually. That's interesting to note there, actually, because when, uh, yeah, in that scene where we see Indy for the first time, we finally see it's Harrison Ford's face and his silhouette of the hat. Uh, it's kind of this dark, almost kind of theme that ends up going with kind of like Tote and Belloc later towards the movie, almost to kind of symbolize that maybe Indy is kind of a grave robber, because we don't really realize he's the hero until we hear Belloc's, you know, mechanical laugh almost, you know, as it goes out through the, out the entire movie. So kind of cool that there's not even an Indy motif there. Interesting, uh, interesting point. Yes, definitely. So starting off right from the beginning, Flight from Peru, we we're today we're just going to be talking about the motifs, not the entire song, just the indie motifs. We have these, uh, the building strings, and then this big happy indie theme with the trumpets, because there's this big dramatic ending, but it has a very rich sound throughout it. Yes, this is the first appearance of the Raiders' March, or what we know as the Raiders' March. But when you're watching this, this is really the music to associate with your hero, right? We see Indy running, jock, start the engine, all that sort of stuff. And it transitions from that sort of like pizzicato and those complex violin parts to the big fanfare right as Indy jumps on the vine and falls through the water. And can I just say, that is one of my favorite scenes from Raiders, by the way. I love that because it's so heroic, yet also slightly ironic and funny at the same time because he doesn't actually reach the plane, which I'm guessing maybe was his intention. He just falls in the water. And it's hilarious because it symbolizes kind of the first appearance of our hero and that loud trumpet fanfare uh, is just absolutely fantastic. I love hearing that. And uh, important to note as well, this is only the A theme that we hear. We haven't even been introduced to the B theme at this point. Yes, definitely. Very interesting. Uh, you know, the B theme appears a lot less in the motifs as opposed to the A theme, but it appears more than you would actually think. So it's kind of like, it doesn't appear a lot as much as the A theme, but it also doesn't appear as little as you might think. Yeah, that's an interesting point as well. Again, talking about like, the A theme is technically technically the main theme, and kind of the B theme is almost the bridge, in a sense. Um, but yeah, I did notice that as well when going through all of these tracks. And uh, yeah, I just want to say, you know, Flight from Peru might be my favorite track from any film score ever. Because I remember when I watched Raiders for the first time, which ironically enough was with you, Max, I remember when we watched this together for the first time, just the excitement of our hero and this adventurer, you know, jumping off of that vine into the water and escaping by the plane just gives you that great, exciting, and exhilarating feeling that I love from an action movie. And I think this might be my favorite version or rendition of uh, the Raiders March because it is different. And frankly, it's a little bit louder. It's a little bit more exciting. They kind of really uh, give you that sort of upbeat feel with this uh, as Indy, you know, rides off into the sunset. So without further ado, let's listen to the first section of Flight from Peru.
beautiful beginning uh, to the track Flight from Peru. And then we move into the slow building strings. Uh, and then we have the French horns, which we, f this is the first time we actually hear the B theme. But then we hear the bell, which kind of signifies, uh, you know, adventure. Uh, archaeologists moving to Professor as they go and we see the beautiful shot of Marshall College. Wow, that's a great point. I like how you mentioned there are the bell in there, which I actually, that's always been one of my favorite sort of like weird, quirky instrumentation things that I like about John Williams' score is that bell that's thrown in there because it kind of almost sounds like a school bell, but no, it's actually in the track, which is awesome. And again, that transition from like archaeologist and adventurer to professor, I like how you said that because I think that kind of is an attestment to kind of like almost the comical and a happy rendition of this because we have this B theme of the Raiders March playing when Indy finds that there's the snake in Jock's cockpit there. And it's just hilarious because it really brings that whole idea of like, you know, I hate snakes, Jocks, I hate them. And kind of that idea of like Indy's humorous personality with this kind of B theme. And that's the first time you hear it. And so it's matching up to that, which I thought was a really interesting choice there. And then how about the trumpet and the French horns, which really communicate riding off into the sunset? Yes, definitely. The ending kind of signifies not an end to the movie so much or him riding off into the sunset, but more uh, an ending of the prologue or the ending of the adventure as he transitions back to Professor. So let's take a listen to the last section of Flight from Peru. <laughs> What an ending to Flight from Peru, a fantastic track that introduces us to uh, the Raiders March or indie motif. And also interesting to note there that it ends on the tonic. You have that beautiful C held with the violins and sustained there for a while as we transition into Marshall College. Uh, so the next appearance of the indie motif is in a very interesting track that you might not have picked up on just generally speaking. This is from Washington Men slash Indy's Home after the scene where Indy uh, meets uh, Major Eaton and Musgrove and classic scene, by the way. Uh, any of you guys ever go to Sunday school? As I like to say, you know, that's a classic line there. Uh, and yeah, so... Meanwhile, Indy is learning all about this uh, kind of, you know, the Ark and, you know, what um, the Army Intelligence wants them to do, uh, you know, go after the Germans, Abner Ravenwood, the whole thing. And we have the suspense of the Ark theme as they're looking at the Bible there that Indy has with him. And then it transitions into this low clarinet A theme, which really is cool there. Yes, definitely. The clarinet on that low theme, the string background, really gives it an ominous kind of nighttime feel, especially with the arc there. And the timber is actually different. It's much slower than the regular uh, Raiders March. Yeah, definitely. And I also like how it's super duper slow. It just feels so ominous because I think it's interesting how the mood, tone, and style of the Raiders March also reflects the feelings and inner sort of characteristics of our hero. Because again, like I was mentioning at the beginning, the Raiders March is more about a character and the Star Wars theme is more about a universe and kind of a uh, an entire central theme and idea. 
Whereas the Raiders March is really about a character. I mean, anytime the frame cuts to Indy, that's when you hear the Raiders March, really. I mean, you don't hear it just kind of subtly off in the background at some random point. I mean, you probably do at some point, but, you know, not mainly in the film. And I think that's what's really cool there with that low oboe and that low clarinet there to add the strings there to this nighttime, eerie sort of ominous timber of really not knowing what is coming ahead in Indy's uh, quest for the Ark. Yes, definitely. I mean, the arc theme mixed in with his motif here really gives it that ominous, really very uh, mysterious kind of feeling. And something I also want to mention, which isn't necessarily related to this track, is I love Major Eaton's face as Indy is trying to explain, uh, I believe, the medallion. He's like, what the heck is the wrong with this guy? Oh, you know? yeah, like, that's hilarious, yeah. Yeah, he's just rolling his eyes like, this guy is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. I just love that. But anyway, let's take a listen to Washington Men, Indy's Home. And as Indy's quest for the Ark looms, we now move into the next appearance of the Raiders' March, which happens in two instances during the map travel sequences. First off, we have a thought for Marion slash Tunapal. And I love the trumpet bass line here, as we can tell Indy is a little bit uneasy about seeing Marion, because we have this suspenseful yet mysterious flute theme mixed with kind of uh, some other instrumentation and sort of new themes back there. And I really think this is kind of a cool example of sort of how also we associate the Raiders March with the infamous map scenes. Yes, definitely. I mean, this song signifies traveling as you can hear it. I love the woodwinds with the trill kind of at the end here because that really is so, so beautiful. And I don't know if you like this, but I personally kind of like the big dramatic ending with the horns, but I also don't because it's in a different key. Yeah, it's very interesting actually how that changes because I was noticing that as well, how you kind of have an example of how John Williams is able to transition his motifs back and forth because we'll also see in the next track he blends the Raiders March so beautifully with Marion's theme so this idea that kind of you're going back and forth from different musical motifs and to give this idea that you know we did we don't really know what the full Raiders March sounds like yet we've heard a little bit of it we've heard the A theme we've heard the B theme we've heard it scattered around in many different areas with different tones and different moods but I think that's really is an testament to John Williams and that ending climax which is really loud and how about that trill that's thrown in there on the flute. I love that because that's a great example of a unique rendition specific to a scene that happens as the Raiders' march evolves over the entire score. So without further ado, let's take a listen to A Thought for Marion slash Tuna Paul.
From one map to another, we transition into our next track with an indie motif, Flight to Cairo, which starts with these beautiful chimes, then the brass theme into Marion's theme. Then we have the beautiful strings, and it's kind of uplifting in the way that it has the travel theme that we heard before, which I really like because, you know, some tracks are uplifting, but also are full of action. A lot of the stuff in indie is full of action. This is not, and I like that. Yeah, that's a great point. I would agree with that as well. I love the different use of the indie motif when it's not an action scene. And we saw a great example of that in Washington Men at Indy's home, where we literally see a shot of, well, Indy's house. And we hear this ominous, you know, clarinet rendition. Whereas here, you have this idea of traveling music and associating Indy with the maps, which I think is actually, ironically enough, one of the reasons why the maps are so iconic is because you always hear some sort of rendition of the Indy theme. I actually think Ooh, actually, I might have second-guessed myself on that, because I'm not sure if that's the case in Last Crusade and Temple of Doom. I can't remember off the top of my head. But either way, you do hear a main theme for the film, and that's what I think you associate that, you know, kind of this, this uplifting confidence. Indy finally has the medallion, he finally met Marion, and now we're transitioning to Cairo, and that happens with this great mix of sort of, you know, Marion's theme and the ethnic music that we hear to remind us of that location. So let's listen to Flight to Cairo. After a trip to Cairo, we now transition into our next appearance of the indie motif, which is the first mini-section of Reunion in the Tent slash Searching for the Well. Uh, this is when Indy and Sala actually arrive at Belloc's dig site, and we notice they are both disguised, and we kind of see uh, a new idea of how the indie motif almost represents the humorous, sort of sneaking and mysterious persona of Indy, uh, because he's disguised here, and as the camera pans over from the table where Sala is, you know, uh, serving everyone, we see Indy go into a tent slightly, and he looks behind, opens the tent, and Marion then finally realizes it's Indy. And I love that we have that here with the mini ostinato and this kind of two notes at the end that subtly reference that, uh, where also, you know, you don't have to use the full A theme or B theme, just three or four notes, that's enough to make you think of the Indy theme, and we kind of have an example of that here. Yes, definitely. I completely agree. I also like that it's in a minor key, kind of, you know, signifying that Indy is in disguise and it's not a heroic moment. I really love that. Yeah, definitely. I love the fact that it always changes. We go back and forth and we have ways to incorporate the theme but change it because one thing that I think is so important especially about thematical scores like this and you know John Williams you know has always mentioned and you know I think it's it's kind of obvious too that you know with the movies that they were trying to recreate with Raiders here you know they were trying to you know kind of pay tribute to some of these B movies these old action serials the same happens with the music. You know, I, I think of a lot of, you know, references to Max Steiner and his score um, and those kinds of ideas here with these big triumphant, you know, lush themes. But I like the fact that the theme always doesn't happen 
exactly the same. It's not the same. I mean, if it was, we literally wouldn't be doing this episode because we would just be talking about the same thing over and over again. But the fact that John Williams changes it to accompany each scene, each section, each character that is incorporated, really, really, I think is why it's cool that we finally realize what the Raiders March is at the end credits and we have different instances of what it could be right here. So let's take a listen to Reunion in the Tent slash Searching for the Well. Fist Fight Flying Wing is our next track, and we start off with this big brass theme as he is punching the guy in the center uh, around the plane. Yeah, I really love the fact that we have this idea of sort of indie dodging certain things, whether it's a punch, whether, you know, it's moving around the wheels, because, you know, we see him fighting there, and Marion's obviously uh, taking control of the actual plane, and we have this cool action mix. And this is kind of what I was saying before about how when the camera switches to indie, we associate that music with him. And we hear that here as we see him kind of contemplating and debate whether he should strike a punch, whether he should move around. And so you're kind of really looking at Indy's moves and what he's doing and just the idea that it's incorporated so swiftly into all this brand new material that we are hearing. That's what I think you really want to take away from this section here is that there's just so much new material being incorporated here. Yes, I completely agree. That new material is very, very awesome. And, you know, just all the things that they incorporate into just John Williams in general, how he incorporates the Indian motifs into all of the tracks is very, very clever. And I could not think of the movie any other way. So let's listen to The Fist Fight Flying Wing. As the fist fight continues to change, so does the music, as we now have an almost scary rendition of the Raiders March here that kind of switches into this kind of even greater fanfare that almost kind of represents saving Marion from the explosion. Yes, definitely, we do. And we almost hear the indie theme in full, almost, but it's not the full theme. And also, after the upbeat action, uh, right before we hear uh, the Saving Marion theme, it, we transition into a different key. And then that B-flat ending is really, really awesome. 
Yeah, I like that too. It's just that slight brass there that ends uh, on that B flat. I've always liked that when listening to this track because it really kind of offsets the entire sort of tone of, you know, the entire sort of scene. It just ends on that, you know, slight, I think a French horn there, if I'm remembering, uh, that B flat at the end. Ooh, kind of weird and cool there. Uh, so yeah, take a listen to the next section of the Fist Fight and Flying Wing. As the action continues in Raiders, so does the music. We are now moving into probably one of the most recognizable and famous cues in maybe even cinema history that pairs with a fantastic scene. We've got Desert Chase, a classic if there ever was one. Uh, we have a lot of indie motifs utilized throughout this entire sequence, but we're going to talk about two that we really particularly like. And this is the, actually the beginning of the theme here. A slight hint at a trumpet here, which leads into... Not really an indie theme at all. It's kind of quiet at the beginning and then leads into this brand new section we've never heard before that sounds like a rendition but kind of isn't. And then it switches into some really cool harmonizing here that I like uh, that's really, really cool. And then kind of this march rhythm on a horse to symbolize galloping and following Belloc. Yes, definitely. That percussion really does come convey Indy galloping on his horse, catching up to one of the trucks. But something I, uh, you know, find interesting is that the theme kind of just abruptly ends here. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It's kind of weird how, like, it transitions, because when we listen to it on the soundtrack album, it sounds different than how you are, you know, watching it on the screen, because it's always different. And what you kind of just subconsciously notice, oh, hey, that's the Raiders March, you know, because now at this point, you probably are understanding that that is the theme of the movie, because every time you see a close-up on indie, you kind of see that there. And it really kind of starts this ostinato that happens pretty much throughout the entire track here, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I also as well, like, kind of the... Uh, the idea that, you know, as Indy transitions and as Indy moves along, so does the theme. And maybe I'm reading into this just a little too much, but it's funny because, you know, I like at the beginning of the scene, by the way, just going back to like favorite scenes and moments. I love how Salah asks, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to catch up to the Ark? And he's like, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. And we see him two seconds later, just somehow find a horse over there. And he quickly gallops and chases up with Belloc. And we see Belloc turn his head as Indy comes down that huge canyon, you know? And so it's really cool that I feel like the music also transitions with the scene. So let's take a listen to the first section of Desert Chase.
So moving into the action-packed section of Desert Chase, the, we automatically already hear the B theme with the big brass, and this is really when Indy is in the trucks putting the pedal to the metal, literally <laughs> and figuratively. Um, he literally just slams on the gas pedal directly into the floor. I'm surprised there's not a hole in the floor by this point. Oh, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we have a higher, small theme with a few different notes, and then that ostinato at the end is very, very beautiful. Yeah, I really, this is probably my favorite rendition of the indie theme in this entire like eight minute track here because the rhythm changes in the B theme. And I like how you go from the A theme to the B theme. And this is what we were talking about earlier, how it's like, you can't really differentiate what's the A theme or the B theme unless you're really looking for it. Because I remember as I was subconsciously, you know, taking notes and figuring this out, I was like, wait a second. It just sounds like the Raiders March to me. I don't differentiate the two different ones, but to think about it in this way that there's two different sections that form together, I think it changes your perspective completely, which is cool. And uh, yeah, this is during probably one of the best action sequences of all time in which, like you said, he puts the pedal to the metal. Full throttle, no brakes. This is when he goes through the scaffolding. All the guys get, you know, he's swerving the truck and they all fall off. He rams into the other one. He gives a couple of right hooks to the other guys. So just perfect sequence in which we see the heroism and also maybe a little bit of the feistiness that Indy has. Maybe he got it from Marion. Uh, but, you know, we just <laughs> have that aggressiveness, you know. That's just hilarious that I love about this. It's almost dark and grim, yet it's full and rich. And you just have... You know, it's so symbolic of that great pair with a scene and really to me represents kind of that cognitive function of now you're expected to kind of know what happens when you hear the theme. Yes, definitely. I mean, by this point, you are expected to hear it because, you know, if it plays so many times at certain points at big action scenes, that's what you're going to come to expect from the motifs. Yeah, absolutely. And I really as well like kind of the fact that, you know, there's this whole idea of chasing after Belloc and Tote and Dietrich and the other driver who, you know, is not as good as Indy. And, you know, we kind of hear this idea of, you know, sometimes we see Indy going after them and that's when you hear the theme. So kind of cool how it transitions in, in two different instances there. And then finally, we just have, you know, these short and subtle yet also really long and extravagant instances of the Raiders March that just comes in all over the place. So without further ado, let's take a listen to another great section of Desert Chase. putting the pedal to the metal, he rides into the Nazi hideout, where we hear the B theme on high strings, and then a big A theme as he climbs onto the submarine and gives him a nice salute. That is one of my favorite scenes of all time. I love that. Uh, the scene with Katanga and First Mate, uh, which actually there's that uh, string part of the indie theme that's playing there. That is one of the rare, 
rare instances in which the violins actually have the indie theme on full display as a solo section. You rarely hear it, and I always have remembered that every time I got into the soundtrack. Ride to the Nazi Hideout, one of my personal favorites, because it has all these subtle hints with these two or three notes at the beginning with the woodwinds, the suspense of getting the enemy, right, the German sub is following them, and then finally it transitions into a fanfare with that classic scene in which first mate's like, you know, I found him, sir, and he points to the sub, and he's like, there, and then we see Indy give that classic salute as Katanga and first mate also respond with a salute, and I just love that scene so much because that, I feel like, is the evolution of the true Raiders March. It's on full display here with huge orchestration, and I just love the sound of it. I really love everything that is in this first track here. I mean, that emotive function as he climbs onto the sub, super duper beautiful, and we actually hear the A-theme uh, in its full uh, glory here, which is awesome, but the strings get the theme instead, so it's not like the original. But let's listen to the first track of Ride to the Nazi Hideout. After celebrating Indy's victory with the Raiders March on full glory there, we then move to one of the most interesting renditions of the Indy motif that appears in this film. Uh, we now see Indy actually in the Nazi hideout, and he's in disguise yet again, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about in Reunion in the Tent slash Searching for the Well, in which this case, Indy is now in disguise, and that really is represented by the Woodwinds, who now have the Raiders March motif, because for them, it's their time to shine and actually play that theme in full glory. And we've got a little bit of cello pizzicato back there, and I also really like the irony of this scene, because it kind of feels serious and suspenseful, but also it's humorous, because Indy is changing his uniform and actually gets caught by the other guys. Yes, it is very suspenseful, and it's also very ironic, but it also is kind of silly and humorous because of the way Indy's acting, so it gives a very interesting tone. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it goes with the, the scene so well, but it also doesn't go with the scene very well. You know, it's kind of that weird juxtaposition because, you know, there's that great scene where Indy's in disguise, you know, and, he, you know, the Nazi guard finally finds him back there, you know, the, the, the uniform doesn't fit, and, you know, we have... Also, kind of an interesting situation here in which we only hear, like, four notes. That's it. And it's on the woodwinds very quietly as, you know, he's trying to be sneaky, it's suspenseful. But then also the playful humor of just the fact that Indy, you know, obviously uh, just kicks the guy, right? He looks at Marion, you know, that kind of stuff. So I really, really love just the full display of this theme and how it's utilized in uh, the next section here of Ride to the Nazi Hideout. 
And speaking of the first four notes, that's what we have here in Indy Follows the Ark. We have the first four notes as Indy bumps into Belloc's shoulder in the Nazi hideout. Yeah, I love that small scene there, which is hilarious. You know, he just bumps into Belloc, and Belloc turns and doesn't notice that it's him. And yeah, this oboe theme transition, which perfectly blends into the arc theme. And I feel like this is really a great way to showcase how John Williams incorporates these motifs in so many different ways, because there really isn't much of the Raiders March in this theme at all. However, that first part, I feel like, is so iconic that we kind of had to include it almost. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I kind of wanted to mention this. This is a bit relating. How does Belloc not notice Indy if Indy is facing him as right. they're walking past each other? I mean, I get that the, you know, that the, you know, uniforms make it a bit harder, but come on, Indy's face is very, very distinctive. Yeah, I always love that scene because I just feel like it's it's one of those random things that's just kind of thrown in there, you know, because like Indy could have just followed the arc, you know, he didn't have to bump into Belloc there. But the fact that they added that in there, I just feel like it's just one of those quirky scenes, right? That's like, it's so iconic, you know, it just gives him that huge shoulder bump and Belloc doesn't respond as well. Kind of interesting that that happens as well because he doesn't, because remember Katanga, you know, said, you know, where's Jones? He was like, I killed him, right? So at this point, you know, Belloc at least believed Katanga to some extent. And so you, he really doesn't realize it's Jones till he yells Jones when the, he's finally got the bazooka up on the top of the canyon there as, yeah. you know, they're getting that arc procession there. So kind of funny as well. And uh, yeah, let's take a listen to Indy Follows the Ark. transitioning into uh, the last track on the album, Washington Ending slash Raiders March. Now, interestingly, The Miracle of the Ark, which is the big climax of the movie, doesn't actually feature the Raiders March at all. Uh, it's basically this arc theme that we hear uh, so extensively and then some new material to represent sort of the uh, the power that the arc holds and sort of the destruction that, you know, uh, en engulfs Belloc and, you know, Tote and Dietrich and everyone. Um, but in the Washington Ending slash Raiders March, uh, we do have the Raiders March on full display, but what we actually wanted to play is a quote-unquote rare version of the Raiders March that is uh, not actually uh, that super famous or well-known. Uh, there's at the very, very tail end, if you watch the credits all the way through, you'll hear this really, really awesome flute rendition that almost is soft and warm and is really nice. It's on full display with these deep strings there that really add that bass line and just a nice addition with the transition with the percussion harp and cello there and ends on that perfect cadence in C major as it ends in a C there. Yes, I really love that. And I, you know, this is a bit different than the main theme, but it is almost the same. The only difference is that this is the flute and it's only the A theme, but it is the same key and tempo as the regular Raiders March. So let's listen to Washington ending Raiders March. Thank you. 
And with that last great note on the end of Washington ending Raiders March, uh, that concludes our soundtrack review and look at some of the renditions, variations, and evolution of the Raiders March in this fantastic score. And it is one of the reasons why Raiders of the Lost Ark is such a popular and fantastic film because of this iconic theme. And we just wanted to take a moment on this 40th anniversary to celebrate that. So, in my opinion, my favorite track from this, or rendition, I guess, of the motif, is a thought for Marion slash to Nepal. I just love the mellow, but also big dramatic. It kind of changes the theme. Especially, my favorite part are the woodwinds with the trill at the very end. And, you know, the bell and everything there is so, so beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah, I really definitely can see how that is a great one. Um, I'm just going to have to go with probably the fanfares because I really, really love the trumpet. That's one of my favorite instruments ever. And I love sort of the exhilarating excitement of what makes Indy such an iconic hero. So I need to go with Flight from Peru and Ride to the Nazi Hideout. Two of my personal favorites because that really is when the theme is on full display. And when you hear that fanfare in such a just sort of robust way. And then also the end of Ride to the Nazi Hideout with kind of that motif for Indian disguise. And we talked about the irony and suspense of that scene. So yeah, I definitely understand how the map travel is one of your favorites. Uh, I would agree. I think they're all fantastic, frankly. I mean, I love just going back through the soundtrack and listening for some of these motifs and rewatching the movie and see how they go, you know, with each and every scene. I mean, you can never watch Raiders too many times. That's my personal opinion. I mean, it's just such a fantastic movie. And to see how the music works and how we, you know, know what the Raiders March is, you know, I feel like it's one of those situations, especially when I watched Raiders for the first time, I remember when we finally got to that warehouse scene and when we saw, you know, them put the Ark in the warehouse and when we heard the credits roll, I knew that was the Indiana Jones theme. And of course, we didn't talk about every single one, just some of the main ones. And uh, not to mention Temple of Doom and Last Crusade expand on this idea much, much more with, you know, the indie theme all over the place. And Temple of Doom, I think, specifically has a lot of cool instances because the instrumentation and rhythm changes, mixing it with Short Round's theme, uh, which is kind of cool as well. But uh, uh, yeah, I think that's about it for uh, for our episode here. Again, happy uh, 40th anniversary uh, for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, our take on this movie and uh, have a great rest of your day doing whatever Indiana Jones stuff uh, you want to do to celebrate. I know I'm going to be doing some stuff as well as you, Max. So yep. uh, have a great rest of the day and weekend. And uh, yeah, June 12th, 1981, definitely going to have to sit down and give Raiders a watch, uh, perhaps on the new Blu-ray editions, if you haven't heard about this, uh, not a huge big deal, but they're releasing Blu-ray on 4K now, uh, they were approved and re-edited by Steven Spielberg, uh, not re-edited in terms of special editions like George Lucas, but, uh, you know, they were doing <laughs> some slight changes there, uh, to, you know, just kind of the quality of the movie, not any plot points or anything, um, and yeah, they're on, I actually don't know when the first day they're available is, I need to check that, uh, either way, around the time of this sort of, uh, you know, anniversary for Raiders, uh, they're going to become available. So if you don't already own the DVDs, the Blu-ray uh, set, definitely check that out and uh, add that one to your collection of antiquities, as I like to say. And uh, everyone have a fantastic weekend. So that about concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other podcast platforms. If you'd like to learn more about our podcast, be sure to check out our website at www.theindianajonesuniverse.com and follow us on Facebook or Twitter. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Once again, I'm Max. And I'm Will. And until next time, so, so long, Dr. Jones! Jones.